Now there was a garden in the place where Jesus was crucified. And in the garden, there was a tomb in which no one had been laid. And so because it was the Jewish day of preparation and the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran. And she went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. The other disciple reached the tomb first. He went in, and he saw, and he believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture, that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. And as she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb. And she saw two angels in white sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and the other at the feet. They said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? She said to them, They have taken away my Lord, and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she did not know it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? Whom are you looking for? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Then Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. Reflecting on this account, the English Jesuit poet and martyr Robert Southwell advises us to learn from Mary to rise early in the morning. Run with repentance to your sinful heart, which was meant to be a temple, but through your own fault is no better than a tomb for Christ. Since being unable to feel him living in you, he seems as if he were dead. Roll away the stone of your former hardness. Remove all the heavy loads Your unrelenting craving for this world's treasures that oppress you in sin. Look into your soul to see if you can still find Jesus. If he is not within you, then stand outside weeping. Seek him only and nothing else besides him. And if at your first search he does not appear... Then persevere in tears and continue your seeking. Stand upon the earth 
treading upon all your earthly cravings and your vanities, touching them no more than with the soles of your feet, to look better in the tomb, bow down your neck with the yoke of gratitude and humility. Stoop from your lofty and bloated conceits, your vain imaginations which focus your eyes on this world's prosperity, so that with humbled and lowly looks you may find him whom your hoarding and haughty thoughts had driven away. And if he grants you the glorious sight of himself to your inward eyes, prostrate your petitions before him, that you may truly discern him and faithfully, unreservedly serve him. If with Mary you crave no other solace from Jesus, but Jesus himself, if you cease from striving to continually consume so as to fill the eternal void that only he can fill, then he will assuredly answer your tears with his presence. And only seeing Jesus standing inside the empty tomb of your soul, may you gratefully respond to his presence with overflowing generosity. Now that you have forsaken every worldly desire which has cluttered your heart, if, after weeping, you dare not just to peer inside the empty tomb of your soul, but go and stand inside with him, and look beyond and see the lonely tree where he once hung, completely emptied of himself. Then, having made room solely for your master, the master, as a welcome guest in the depths of your tomb, now that his presence drives out all else that has consumed you, May you, too, say with me, I have seen our Lord, and these things he has awakened in me. Thank you, brother. I knew there was something I liked about those roots of yours. Speaking to those roots, we had a saying that uh, maybe some of you have here too, you know, given that this is, uh, or used to be at least, pig country, that, uh, right, I mean flying pigs and all that, I'm learning, learning. We had a, a saying about uh, that God was like a pig at breakfast. You had that same saying, you know, what it's, God's like a pig at breakfast, but not like a chicken. Because at breakfast, the chicken makes a contribution, but the pig gives his all. And that's what, really, the hilarious generosity of God is. That He gives his all for us. 
That is the, the grandest, greatest, whole life generosity that God the Son gives for us and then that He invites, calls us to give back. It's the very, it's the, it's the nature of God. I mean, since the beginning, God has been giving. I mean, in the, the very beginning, there was just God, nothing else, not even time and space. Yet God created, gave us life, all of creation life, all of matter, all of time, all of space He put into being. Now, now God was fine by God's self in the triune relationship of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He was in perfect community. And you wonder exactly why He ruined such a perfectly good thing. Another saying that we had was, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But it's because it's the very nature of God to give. Generosity, giving, creating, is the very character of God. God can't help but to give in His hilarious generosity that we celebrate today. As I said at the beginning, I'm so thankful for Easter and Holy Week because it provides me this opportunity to stop and recall the generosity that I've been, from which I benefit that flows to me from the very nature and character of God. It's so easy for me to take for granted. I mean, that everything, even the, the blood that's flowing through my veins, my heart that is beating, the oxygen that I breathe, the very essence of existence itself is a, is a gift from God's generosity that I can take for granted. It's much like I take for granted, maybe none of you did, but I take for granted you know, my parents. You know, I never once as an infant or toddler, thought about them changing my diaper or feeding me those squished peas and carrots in a high chair. Don't even remember it. Don't remember any of that. Yet I know that it happened. Don't remember anything about learning how to talk or to walk. Some of you say I still have a little bit to learn about learning how to talk. Don't recall, and certainly didn't appreciate, even if I remember now, didn't appreciate then, the time, the money, the sacrifice to house me and clothe me and feed me and educate me. And if that's true for my earthly life, how much more so have I taken for granted God's generosity for me. How thankful I am for this day that we gather to celebrate and respond to God's whole life generosity. That He is like a pig at breakfast. Our passage is from Colossians chapter 3. 
It's found on page 957. And here Paul summarizes this, this whole life generosity of God. How it, it encompasses the whole of God and the whole of our lives. And then leads us to respond. It's found on page 957 if your pew Bible, if you want to read there. Or it will be on the screen behind me. Let's hear the word of God. So if you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Here, that that whole life generosity of God is most pointed and obvious. I mean, we see here, it's in the, the present, the past, in the future of our very existence. The first line can actually be just as easily translated. So since you are raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is. Our very present existence now in Jesus Christ we seek to follow Him, then we are raised with Him in the heavenlies. That's the the reality greater than the reality of what we see and touch and feel in this moment is that in Christ we are raised with Christ. In the past, verse 3, for you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The present, our lives, we are alive with Christ. The generosity of God overflows into our lives today. That assurance, the joy, the peace, the love, that can only come from the power of the resurrection. We are consumed with Him because in the past we have died with Him. We have joined with Christ, not only in His resurrection, but we have joined with Him in His death. Just like was performed for us, presented to us, proclaimed to us through Mary Magdalene's tears, the call for us to die to ourselves, to die with Christ on the cross so that we might live with Him. That we die to ourselves being our own Lord, our own Master, our own Commander, our own Teacher, our own Boss, our own Coach. We die with Him on the cross where He was consumed for us. And in the future, verse 4. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Our future is also secure 
with Christ. We are joined with Him in His glory. We, a day will come when we will be consumed totally in Him and in His glory and wonder. God's whole life generosity consumes us. That is the the picture of our full and complete whole life salvation. Salvation is never referred to biblically as something that happened at one point in time in our past. See, Paul presents it perfectly here that our, our salvation is presented not only as our past, but as our present and as our future. Because Jesus gave His whole life for us, our whole life, past, present, and future, is secure in Him. That answers a whole lot of questions. One of which is, why do we have ham at Easter? It's because God is like a pig at Easter, and not a chicken or a bunny. You'll never eat Easter ham the same, I hope. The other is much more significant. The one who created life then shows us how to live life. Didn't just come to save our souls for some future glory in the by and by. He came to save our whole lives so that we would give Him our whole lives. He calls out of His whole life generosity for us. He calls us to give ourselves our whole lives to Him. We were, are, and will be consumed in Christ. So let us be consumed with Christ today. That's been our journey this Lent. To to struggle and and fight with, to to, to learn together, to to deny, to refuse the the gods, little g, of this world that want to consume us, that want to distract us. That God that cries out within us, I want it all and I want it now. The way of Christ leads us to refuse and deny That siren call of the world. Because the way of Christ, the way of Jesus, the way of the Son of God is to live life totally committed at all times. Whole life committed to the way of the Father. Committed to the ways of heaven. Committed to the ways that are above. That's what Paul is calling us to here. If if in present we're raised with Christ, if we have died with Christ, if one day we will be raised with Christ, then set our minds there. Live that way today. Live the way of heaven on earth today. Don't wait for the resurrection. Don't wait for it to happen. It already has. And it can be true In our lives. It is to be true. In our lives today. Now. If. uh, 
If you've been listening, one, I appreciate it. I always do. And if you've been following a little bit, there might be some voices in the back of your mind, maybe not in the back, maybe in the forefront, saying, whoa, hold out, red flag, wait a minute, don't listen to this guy. Give whole life to God, all of life, past, present, and future. Wait a minute, not sure I want to do that. That can be sort of scary to consider that. I mean, Jesus did it, and look what happened to him, which is exactly the point. And if that's not the case, if you're gung-ho, ready to go, well then, hey, you don't need to be here anymore. Leave your offering and go. <laughs> and so it may be, though, that it's just, I just need to preach this for me. So thanks for following along, because that's certainly the case for me. I'd really much rather just, you know, jump to Easter Sunday and forget Good Friday. The way of the cross, the way of Jesus, seems absolutely ridiculous to me. This whole life. to surrender to trust totally I mean I'll be glad to give Jesus my sins but I'll keep the rest of the stuff for me and Jesus says no I want your whole life to be given to the Father just like Peter when he was walking on the water And when the waves came crashing in, he started focusing on the waves and started to sink because he was focusing there and out of fear he started sinking and Jesus said, no, look to me, Peter. So too now. As we say we want to venture the the way of the cross, as, as we ask the question, what do you want me to do for you, Jesus? In fear and trepidation, Need to look to the way of Jesus. Here again, Mary Magdalene's tears as they cry to us, look to Jesus. For it's in Jesus, in the power of the resurrection, this Easter Sunday, that we hear in the midst of our fears, in the midst of the clamor of all the things of this world that wants to consume us, we hear the resounding roar of the divine yes as the tomb is empty as we see the risen Lord for we know even though the way of the cross seems so crazy to give our whole lives to God without any safety valve with no secondary option with no plan B whole life or no life that's the way of Jesus and we know No matter what, it ends in the power of the resurrection. But that fear is great, and Jesus felt it. I mean, Jesus knew it in the fullness of his humanity as he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. Remember, he was sweating drops of blood, and there he cried out to his Father, Take this cup from me! 
in the fullness of his humanity, he felt the struggle of surrendering totally to the way of the Father. But not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus continued in the way of whole life generosity, literally giving until it hurt. And it led to turning the world upside down. The most powerful event in the history of time and space. It led to the celebration and the joy of heaven. The resurrection of Jesus the Christ. Demonstrating power even over death itself. The eternal party was on. And we are called by Jesus, by the Apostle Paul, by the Holy Spirit Himself. We are called to live the way of the cross. Not our way, but God's way. And that still, even with the face of the resurrection, the, the reality and truth of the resurrection in our mind, that's still challenging step to take. Because for some of us, it might cost us our jobs to follow the way of Jesus, to go the way of the cross. For some of us, it might cost us relationships. For some, it might cost money and time. Scary. To consider. Now, some of you it, it may just wandered in here, you know, go to church on Easter, and this is really the first time even to consider. But God has brought you here for a purpose to, to hear this call that what He desires to do is give His whole self for you so that you will give your whole self to Him. And, and today may be a first step on that journey of trust. Living the way of the Father. For others of us who may have been on that journey for a long time, and the Spirit may be speaking to you about the part of, that, of your life that you've sort of kept for yourself. The part that He's bringing to the fore, that He's bringing before you, to your face, to show you. Have you surrendered this to me? It might be really scary and really hard, just like it was for Jesus. But no, we are people of the resurrection. No matter how great the fear, no matter how great the anxiety, we can give it all to God. We can die to ourselves. We can let it all die knowing that in the hands of God that which is good and right and beautiful and life-giving will always be raised. As a church, we can do the same thing. And the way of the cross, it doesn't sell. It doesn't market very well. And it can be a great challenge that we sort of sugarcoat it. 
May we let it just sort of be quiet the way of the cross. Let's just talk about the resurrection and sort of jump over crucifixion. But brothers and sisters in Christ, we don't just gather here to worship a resurrected Lord. No, we gather every Sunday and we give every day to worship a crucified and resurrected Lord. Let us be clear. If Easter means anything at all, it means that the way of the cross is the way of life. That whole life generosity of God leads to whole life generosity in us forever. Jesus gave His whole life for you and for me so that we might be led to the glorious resurrection of heavenly life forever. He leads us through the way of the cross because it's through the way of the cross that we receive the power of the resurrection. And we are fools. We are fools if we don't give our whole lives back to experience, to experience with Him that same death Resurrection and glory. Amen.